The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Welcome to Truth Transforms. Join in for spiritually enlightening discussion and the practical application of new thought principles. Here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Galen McDowell. And I am the executive minister, senior assistant minister, and the director of the Johnny Coleman Institute at Christ Universal Temple. Today, I am continuing my series, Exploring the Power of Intention by Dr. Wayne Dyer, which is based upon the book, The Power of Intention by Dr. Wayne Dyer. I'll wrap it up. I only have two more chapters left. As we are closing out this year, I want to make sure that you end the year powerfully with intention flowing in the grace of God, knowing that you are one with the one life, the one power, the one mind, the one source that we call God. So chapter 14 is, it is my intention to appreciate and express the genius that I am. Now, he quotes Buckminster Fuller at the beginning of this chapter, who wrote, everyone is born a genius. But the process of living degeniuses uh, uh, them, excuse me, them. In other words, living strips the genius out of you if you allow it. So Wayne Dyer wrote on page 231, consider that all human beings have within themselves the same essence of consciousness. And that process of creativity and genius are attributes of human consciousness. That by itself. Everyone has genius within them. The question is, have you discovered your genius? Dr. Dennis Kimbrough, who wrote uh, Think and Grow Rich, A Black Choice, and many other books, The Wealth Choice, and What Makes the Great Great, used to often say in the 90s, what is your uh, unfair competitive advantage? And what that means is, what, what, what you, what's easy for you? and hard for other people. That's one of the ways of helping you discover your gifts. What's easy for you and hard for other people? Because that lets you know that there's a genius to making what's hard for somebody else look easy. It doesn't mean it is easy. It's just easier for you than it is for most people. Therefore, that's a part of your genius. I can remember when I first came to Christ Universal Temple, I thought that everybody was reading th- at least three books a week. I, you know, I'm walking around here with all these metaphysical thinkers, all these people studying new thought metaphysics, Christian metaphysics, uh, higher consciousness, uh, better living, transformation, and all of that. So, you know, I did a deep dive. So I was reading everything I could put my hands on, listening to everything I could put my hands on. And I thought everybody did it. Not only could I read it, I could remember it. Not only could I remember it, I could recite it. Not only could I recite it, I could explain what I read. I didn't find out until later that that was my gift, my genius. Everybody's not reading these difficult books. Matter of fact, One of my good friends and co-workers in the ministry uh, uh, named Linda Shepard, who moved on, um, passed away many years ago, 2000, 
five or so, actually. She said that going through the teacher training, teacher counselor course in the Johnny Coleman Institute to become a UFBO teacher was harder than getting her master's degree. And I I never forget her saying that to me because she was saying it's a different type of thinking. Therefore, you have to understand your genius. What's easy for you or easier for you and hard for most people? All right. Genius is an aspect of who you already are. Creativity is a part of who you already are. You are already a genius. You just have to find your genius. He wrote on page 232, you may never have thought of yourself as a person who has genius residing within. He said, you may have thought of geniuses would be reserved for the Mozarts, the Michelangelos, Einsteins, Madame Currys, Virginia Woolf, Stephen Hawkins, and others whose lives and accomplishments we have, have been publicized. But keep in mind that they share the same essence of consciousness that you do. They emanated from the same power of intention as you did. They all have shared the same life force animating them as you do. All right. He went on the right. Not only is everything connected to everyone else, but no one is excluded from the universal source called intention. So then he talks about changing your energy level to access the genius within you. So again, he quotes Dr. David Hawkins. I think Dr. Hawkins is a favorite of his. He wrote in his illuminating book, Power Versus Force, David Hawkins wrote, genius is by definition a style of conscious consciousness characterized by the ability to access high energy attractor patterns. It is not a personality characteristic. It is not something that a person has, not even something that someone is. Those in whom we recognize genius commonly disclaim it. A universal characteristic of genius is humility. The genius has always attributed his insight to higher influence. In other words, something takes over. Somebody does it. You know, I can remember when I was a young man, I went to go see the artist, the musical artist Prince. And we were in a, a club on the north side of Chicago. I can't remember the name of the club offhand right now. And, you know, he, you know, he showed up, he did a set. He's known for doing these smaller sets instead of these big venues because he, he likes to be connected to the fans, or he did rather. And he started to play the song Purple Rain. And I can just remember it turned into an out-of-body experience in the place because the song maybe might be six minutes, five or six minutes, if you actually listen to it from beginning to end. But he played the song for 15 minutes. He got caught in the genius of the song. And he carried everyone with him in the genius. Something took over that was beyond let me play my designated amount of songs for this set. And the creativity kicked in. And next thing you know, it was just an experience that I can only describe as you had to be there. It was amazing. And it was a clear experience of Allowing your genius to show up. The song was already a great song. 
but when he allowed his creativity and genius, the same genius that created the song in the first place, to come forth, it showed up differently. You have that same capacity. Genius isn't limited to the musicians or the singers or the actors or the athletes. Genius isn't limited to people who are graphic artists or, you know, movie directors or architects. Genius isn't limited to whatever you think is limited to. Again, everybody is born with genius in them. Wayne Dyer went on to write on page 233. Ego and genius are mutually exclusive. Genius is a function of surrendering to the source or reconnecting to it so dramatically that one's ego is substantially minimized. This is what Dr. Hawkins means by accessing higher energy patterns. So when you allow the ego to get out of the way, the creativity can shine forth. You know, often we'll say to ministers, creating a sermon is a creative act. Getting yourself out of the way so the right words can show up that can be what another person needs is a creative act. It's a source of genius. I mean, excuse me, expression of genius. Source is God. So that process of the word became flesh and dwelt among us is real. Every time there's a creative act, the word has become flesh. God's creative capacity has come or came into expression. When you start to access these higher energy patterns, you open yourself up to become a vessel through which this creativity can go forth. I often will sit and do nothing, just playing with my thoughts. I'm not necessarily praying. I'm not meditating. Sometimes I'm reading. Sometimes I'm not. But just the process of I'm not putting any demands on myself beyond what's present right here and right now allows the classes to be taught, the sermons to be written, the seminars to be written, the these podcasts. What should I what should I teach? What's the next book? What's the next series? I have to allow myself to become still. The scripture says, be still and know that I am God. I allow myself to become still enough to allow the creative capacity to show up. Sometimes I'm giving messages, write this down. I put them in the notes of my phone. So I can go back and reflect on them later. If I'm given a message, I say, okay, I'm supposed to pray for this person or reach out or connect or share these words with someone. I do it. But you can't do that if your mind is all hustle and bustle. In other words, always on the constant go, always contemplating the next thing, always worrying about what's about to happen. It's getting to the space that where you and I can understand that we have to allow ourselves time to allow the genius to emerge, to emerge. Back to the book. 
Wayne Dyer wrote, higher energy is the energy of light, which, way of, which is a way of describing spiritual energy. When you shift your thoughts, emotions, and life activities into these realms and deactivate the lower energies of the ego, the God force within you begins to take over. It's so automatic that it travels faster than your thoughts. This is why your thoughts about how you did something are so bewildering. In other words, you're like, how did I do it? I just said, mentioned yesterday on Facebook, uh, when I, you know, sometimes Facebook will pull up old memories. This is five years ago. This was 10 years ago. Well, 12 years ago, as, as I'm recording this taping, my mother made her transition. Not the, excuse me, it was her the day of her funeral, not the day she made her transition. And as I go back and I try to contemplate that day, I remember everything that I did up to when it was time for me to eulogize my mom. And when I got up, I remember the service. I remember people getting up. I remember, remember people talking. I remember the space. I can remember the faces in the audience. And then I got up to speak. And I have no idea what I said. Because it was just from the heart. It was, you know, and I can remember afterwards. I can remember going to the cemetery. I can remember the repast. I cannot remember what I said, but it so moved people that people were calling people from out of town. I'm not saying this to brag because it's not a thing to brag about, but I can remember getting a call the next day from the Reverend Dr. Mary Tumpkin, who is now, you know, made her transition in maybe 2013, I believe it was, November 2013. And she said to me, I've been getting calls uh, about your mother's funeral. And, And people said that it was the best words of comfort they've ever heard. And they wished it was taped so we could use it to help other people learn how to give words of comfort. And I said to her, that is wonderful, but I have no idea what I said. I just got out of the way because I knew that the Galen McDowell personality of himself wasn't going to handle that moment. The personality committed to the moment, but I also committed to, God, you got to do this. God, you got to say whatever needs to be said. And that's what happened. And that's possible for everybody. It doesn't have to show up as eulogies or sermons or classes. It can show up in any way, shape, or form as necessary. It can show up as comedy. You know, I have several family members and friends who just lighten the room when they walk in because they know how to lift energy. They know, they know how to make people smile and they know how to make people laugh. It's a gift. Be mindful that you've been given these gifts to contribute to the world, to make your space better, to help yourself and others succeed. All right. Back to the book. He wrote, okay, page 233. If you have been taught to avoid thinking too highly of yourself and that genius is reserved for a handful of selected individuals 
you will probably resist this idea. You know, sometimes we've been told, and I get it, don't be arrogant, don't be cocky. I get that. But I think there's a difference between confidence and conceit. You don't have to think you're better than someone else because you're expressing expressing genius or creativity. Open yourself up to the possibility that there's so much more you can show up as. All right. Page 234, he wrote, I'd like you to consider what may seem a radical idea. Genius can show up in many ways as they are human beings. Anything in any field that anyone has ever accomplished is shared by you. You are connected to every being that has ever lived or will ever live, and you share the exact same energy of intention. <clears throat> then he said you can access this energy. At the deepest level, all things and all people are composed of vibrations organized into fields that permeate the entire structure of the universe. You share these vibrations. You are in this field. Now, you know, sometimes, you know, Reverend Wells, uh, the pastor at CUT, will say either publicly or he'll say privately that he's having conversations with the founder of our church, Christ, uh, Johnny Coleman. Does that mean that the human personality is doing that with another human personality? I have no idea. But I do know as he becomes a vibrational match to what she is doing, then her her uh, uh, genius and creativity is accessible, not just to him, but to anybody. It's a part of the process. We're all connected to everyone. I was watching, uh, I don't know what, what it was, on something online, one of these sports pages I follow. And one of these young NBA players uh, had a great game. And, he, and when they asked him about the game, he said that he had just been contemplating on his favorite player growing up, Kobe Bryant. And he just kept contemplating on Mamba mentality, which is what Kobe was known for, the Mamba mentality, because he was called the Black Mamba. This win, excel, go for it, no matter what, inner excuse me, energy that Kobe Bryant was famous for. That player was tapping into that energy, into that vibration. And for a momentary amount of time, he was able to get in the zone, his genius zone, and play better than he had ever played before in the NBA. You can get in tune. This is what some metaphysicians teach about getting connected to the elevated consciousnesses of people like a Jesus or a Moses or whoever. In the East, you'll hear some terms like Buddha consciousness. Is realizing that it's now a part of the collective consciousness. And if it's a part of the collective consciousness, I can tap into it. And since it's a part of the one mind, the one source, the one life that we call God, then the same power that was available to Jesus, the same creativity, the same inspiration, the same wisdom, the same understanding is available to me and it's available to you. Wayne Dyer quoted in this book, uh, Dr. Valerie Hunt, he wrote, Dr. Val Valerie Hunt in Infinite Mind, Science of Human Vibrations of Consciousness, reminds us. 
Lower vibrations exist in material reality, higher ones with mystical reality, and a full vibrational spectrum with expanded reality. In other words, the higher you go up in consciousness, the more access you have to the creative capacity that God has placed within you, around you, before you, behind you, above you, and beneath you, and interpenetrating you. Because in God, you live, move, and have your being. It's already here. It's already available. All right. Then he goes on to expand your reality. He wrote, the universal force that created you is always expanding, and your objective is to achieve harmony with that source and thereby regain the power of intention. But he says you got to drop the labels. We have these labels that we have put on ourselves about what's possible for ourselves and others. We have to drop the labels. He wrote, as William James suggested, genius means making a shift in your thinking so that you let go of those habits and open yourself to the possibilities of greatness. And then he gives the example about uh, many people who are writers are not great speakers and speakers aren't uh, good writers. And I can, and this was a moment of truth for me because I remember saying that I was like, man, a lot of these people who I know are great writers are not good speakers. And I seek to be both. And then he said uh, that he be both. And he wasn't going to allow that to be a limitation. And that was a good reminder for myself because I said that of myself. I don't want to be a good speaker and a bad writer or vice versa. You can be both. You just have to work on it and develop your inner genius. All right. Uh, he went on to write, trusting your insights, page uh, 236. The process of appreciating your genius involves, involves trusting those inner flashes of creative insight that are worthy of expression. These ideas come to you for a reason. These ideas of good. In Christian metaphysics, we say that angels are messengers of God. They're the inspiration, the inspirational ideas that show up in consciousness because they carry the message of God, messengers of God. So don't push away your angels because those angels that are visiting you in consciousness are the divine inspirational idea. All right. Those ideas can be the difference between your success and failure, between healing and being in the illness, between prosperity and living in poverty. Pay attention to your inspiration, to those light bulb moments, to your insight. They matter. Then he wrote about appreciating the genius in others. It's important that you, as often as you can, not only acknowledge, but celebrate the genius in other people. Celebrate it. Because God is no respecter of person. So you're if you're watching a movie and and Denzel Washington is in it, and Denzel is doing what Denzel does, which is great acting. Appreciate that God can show up as great acting in the form of Denzel. Then recognize that same God is in you. And that's the same way God can show up as great acting for a Denzel or basketball player as Michael Jordan or as a football player as Tom Brady or Joe Montana or as a hockey player as Wayne Gretzky. Or as a soccer player, as Pele, or Pele, I'm sure I'm mispronouncing his name. That same genius 
can work in you. The same genius that allowed Michael Jackson, Jackson to sing and dance is the same creative genius in you. And then he talks about genius and simplicity. That the simpler you cre create, the simpler your environment, the more you allow creativity to show up. If life is all about hustle and bustle, you can get cut up. He wrote it this way. Begin to realize the intention of this chapter by uncomplicating your life as much as possible. Genius thrives in a contemplative environment where every minute isn't filled with obligation or hordes of people offering advice and insisting on your constant participation in ordinary mundane endeavors. The genius in you isn't seeking confirmation from others, but quiet space for its idea to blossom. I think that says everything it needs to say. Got to unclutter your life in your mind and give room for your genius to grow. You must keep your life simple. Simple in the sense that you have to give room for your creative genius to show up. If you do that, it can make all the difference in the world for you. You have to give seeds time to grow. You plant a seed and you're always digging it up. Or if you plant a seed and it's not nurtured, it's not watered, uh, you put it in the shade so it can't get any sunlight, it's very difficult for that seed to grow. Your gift will make a way for you. But you have to cultivate that gift. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with Truth Transform. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. Before I start back with teaching this chapter, I want to remind you all that I'm still seeking to become number one on Google under the term Truth Transforms. So I'm asking everyone to go to mindbodyspirit.fm website, find my page, click on it, and then for about the next 30 days, just click on it once a day. What I'm seeking to do is get this message out to people. And when I was on my old platform, Unity Online Radio, uh, because I had been doing the podcast for a decade, I was number one and everything underneath me was various ways in which you could find this podcast. Now that it's Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell, I still want it, instead of just Truth Transforms, I want to make sure that we, that I have the ability to be able to get in front of people when people start looking up truth and transforms, Googling certain words. I want to make sure that they get out that excuse me, that Google puts this podcast in front of them. So if you could do me the favor of going to uh, mindbodyspirit.fm, 
clicking on uh, the uh, website, finding my page, clicking on it, saving it, and just click on it once a day for 30 days. It can mean all the difference in the world. I want to make sure this message gets out to as many people as possible. And if you didn't get an opportunity to listen to my last sermon at Christ Universal Temple, which I did on December 4th, I want you to go on YouTube to uh, just Google my name. I'm sure I'm not Google. YouTube my name, Galen McDowell. It's called Christmas, the Revelation of Freedom, Your Hope of Glory. And I gave a metaphysical Christian interpretation of the Christ. What does it mean from a metaphysical Christian perspective? I think you'll like it. Anyway, especially as it relates to how do you express freedom in your life. That's the context of the sermon. All right, now back to the lesson. On page 239, uh, Dr. Wayne Dyer starts to write about making your intention your reality. So he gives some steps. So I want to go through these steps now, 10 steps. Step one, declare yourself to be a genius. And I love this. You might have to go into the mirror and just say to yourself, I am a genius. I am a genius. I am a genius. Or God in me expresses as genius in me, through me, as me. Christ in me is my capacity to be a genius. Whatever, you know, don't make a difference. I love I am statements, so I love to keep things simple. I am a genius. Now, I love what he wrote. This shouldn't be a public pronouncement, but a statement of intention between you and your creator. Remind yourself that you are one of the masterpieces that emanated from the universal field of intention. So again, you have to declare it. You say, well, I don't feel like a genius, but you know, going back to the apostle Paul who wrote in the book of Romans, calling those things that be not as though they were, or as it says in the scripture, I can't remember the scripture in the old Testament, Hebrew scriptures that says, uh, let the weak say I am strong or in the book of Job. when it says you shall decree a thing and it shall be established unto you. You have to declare it. You have to affirm it. You have to proclaim it. Step two, make a decision to listen more carefully to your inner insights, no matter how small or insignificant you may have previously judged them to be. That's really key. Start paying attention to your ideas as they show up, insights, moments like, oh, wait a minute, what was that? I often tell people, that I normally capture insights two different ways. I, if I'm still, I write them in the notes of my iPhone. If I am traveling, meaning driving, or you know, where I can't just stop and address something immediately and get my thoughts out, I call my direct work line and I leave myself a detailed voicemail. Why? Possibility has a short shelf life. That idea that you thought you were going to remember, those insights, those details will leave you. Make sure that you have a method for capturing your ideas, your insights, your inspirations, your light bulb moments, your aha moments, your intuitive hits, your visions, your dreams, whatever it is. It comes in so many different ways. Stop and pay attention. All right. He wrote thoughts that seem to persist 
particularly if they relate to new activities and adventures, aren't in your mind accidentally. That's key. They aren't in your mind accidentally. Step three, take constructive action toward implementing your inner intuitive inclination. In other words, once you get the insight, what actions are you going to connect to those insights? The Bible says it this way. Faith without works is dead. You have to connect action to what you are receiving. Step four, know that any and all thoughts you have had regarding your own skill, interests, and inclinations are valid. He said to reinforce the validity of your thoughts, keep them private. Tell yourself that they are between you and God. If you keep them in the spiritual domain, you don't have to introduce them to your ego or expose them to the egos of those around you. Now, I compare this to the birth narratives of Jesus. Jesus, in the book of Matthew, Jesus's parents took him out of Bethlehem, out of, of Galilee and into Egypt to protect him from King Herod. King Herod, metaphysically, is the, is the personal will, the ego that is seeking to not give up control to the newfound inspiration symbolized by the baby Jesus. When you get the inspiration, just allow it some time to grow. Well, it doesn't have to fight your ego. It'll get strong enough to do its own thing. But this is why you just nurture it. Read, pray, do what you got to do. And as your spiritual uh, ideas and consciousness starts to grow, it will address the other aspects of your being that need healing and transformation. This is also taught in the parable of the wheat and the tares. Where Jesus uh, was teaching that, you know, there was a man who had, who grew wheat and somebody put tares or weeds in mixed in, in with the uh, wheat seed. So he said to his sharecroppers, basically, the workers, the field workers, let them grow together. And when they grow up, we'll separate the wheat from the tear. It's the same thing. So be mindful. Just keep your own confidence sometimes. Is just say, okay, let me contemplate on this so I can build some de- and develop some spiritual confidence, some enlightenment, some understanding around this idea that God gave me. Because there will be a time where you, for you to go public with it if you're talking about doing something in the world where it has to meet the resistance of the outside world. You want to make sure that it's developed before you allow your own doubts or the doubts or resignation or indifference of others discourage you from working on your idea. Step five, remind yourself that aligning with spiritual energy is how you find and convey the genius within you. He again quoted Dr. David Hawkins. From our studies, it appears that the alignment of one's goals and values with high energy attractors is more closely associated with genius than anything else. All right. So the more you get in tune with your spirituality or your inner wholeness, the more you can access and tap into that creative capacity. Step six, practice humility. In other words, this is why Jesus would say, uh, it's not me, it's the father within who doeth the work. This is what those type of statements mean. 
and Apostle Paul, it's it, uh, it, uh, it's not, it, uh, you know, it's not me. It's the Christ that liveth in me. What they were trying to say is there's an aspect of them that they know is beyond their intellectual capacity. Beyond their intellectual understanding. It's something that emerges. It's something that comes forth. With, it's something they allow. It's something they permit. That doesn't mean they don't develop their skills. They don't develop and seek to hone it. But they recognize that they don't control it as much as they allow it. Step seven, remove resistance to actualizing your genius. We all have our own indifference and resignation, doubting thoughts, fear, anxiety, frustration. But God in you knows that you're a genius because God placed it there. You have to trust it and give up the resistance in your capabilities. Step eight, look for the genius in others. As you start to salute and acknowledge the divinity and genius and creativity in others, it's easier for you to notice it in yourself. And again, thank God for the genius that shows up in all these different areas of your life. Because you recognize that God is no respecter of person and you're seeing the genius in someone else, then I think it's great. I sent a video to a couple of my buddies the other day, and it was some uh, young teenage, like teenage boys. Uh, and a few young men, and they were doing basically breakdance type stuff that we used to do when we were uh, children in the 80s. And these kids were just out there just listening to the music, dancing, having fun, and energetically, it just warmed my heart. And I just sent it to them because I love to see young people enjoying life and expressing their genius. And expressing it and continuing to honor the culture that they inherited. I loved it. And I wanted to share that gift with others because it does make a difference. So I saw the genius in those kids as they were dancing. Number nine, simplify your life. He wrote, take the complications, rules, shoulds, musts, have tos, and so on out of your life. By uncomplicating your life and removing the trivial pursuits that occupy so much of it, you open, you open a channel for the genius within you to emerge. One of the most effective techniques for simplifying your life is to take time each day to spend 20 or so minutes in silence and meditation. Sometimes it's just getting up a little bit earlier, not even getting out of bed. Pray, affirm, do some reading. Sit still and contemplate truth. Now, I realize that, it, you know, so for some people that that's more difficult than others. But find some time to do it. And I, I've discovered that at least when you do it earlier, it tends to work better because sometimes after you put it on the back end of doing everything else, your mind and body sometimes gets tired and you just want to go to sleep. So find ways in which you can steal time. Some people can do things late. Some people can do things early. I can stay up late and do and read. But I find myself now, even uh, uh, that was different before, that I actually enjoy it more earlier. You know, I used to write all my sermons at night. Uh, because, But I now realize that was because, you know, I was uh, 
you know, when I was a younger married guy with a baby, it was easier just to do everything. Now I, you know, I'm older and, uh, I find that creating time earlier in the day, I am just as effective or if not better, because I hope that I'm getting better as a, as a writer and a speaker. That's my hope. All right. Simplify your life. Find time for meditation, prayer, and study. I often ask study because a lot of these people say, well, you know, take time for silence and meditation or prayer and meditation. But I always add the aspect of studying because somebody else's inspiration, somebody else's genius can trigger yours. Step 10, remain humble while staying in a state of gratitude. And I think he just wrote it the best way. I can't say it better. Gratitude is a sacred space where you allow and know that a greater force than your ego is always at work and always available. So next week, we're going to cover chapter 15, which is the last chapter in the book. I'll let you all know next week what I'll be covering for the new series. I'm still contemplating it, being still and allowing spirit to guide me. And I know that it'll be whatever is necessary to help all of us continue to grow on our soul journey towards this Christ consciousness. God bless you. And I'll be with you next week on Truth Transform. Hey, it's Radley Valentine. Join me for a brand new way of connecting with your angels on my new podcast, The Angel Tarot Show. Each week, you'll meet your angelic guides and guardians and find new ways to unlock unconditional love, tune into your intuitive abilities, and create the joy-filled life that, well, you've always wanted. Plus, you'll get a useful and timely energetic weather report bringing you guidance for the coming week. Tap into the healing, hope, and guidance that's all around you on the Angel Tarot Show, exclusively on mindbodyspirit.fm.